0: Welcome to Makers on the Rise, a collaborative podcast hosted by me, maker and photographer Christina Nicole. Makers on the Rise is for product-based creatives who own their own business and want to learn how to grow a profitable, sustainable, and scalable brand aligned with their personal values and goals. Tune in for real conversations and coaching focused on elevating your brand. Are you ready to rise? Hello loves. Welcome to episode eight of the thriving on Etsy series. Today. I have Laura Michael joining me to talk to you about how to thrive on Etsy in a saturated market. Laura is the founder of a worthy brand and the designer of fearless feminine accessories. She's a six figure maker in the top 1% of sellers on Etsy. And she also has a shop on Amazon fair and her own website. Laura, can you tell us a little about yourself and how you got started as a maker? Thanks for having me, Christina. I'm so happy to be back with you in another form. It's
1: always nice. I founded A Worthy Brand in 2019, May of 2019. So it's been a little over two years now. I had a a rough 20s. I would say all my 20s was just a rough time. I didn't know who I was. I was still trying to figure out what I wanted with my life. I wasn't happy. I had some major things happen in my life that led me to like reevaluate everything. And that's where I started thinking, you know, what about a business? What about a small business? Because my friend at the time she had started her own and that got my wheels turning. And it's funny because my whole family, they're entrepreneurs, they're business owners. And so growing up, I would see my dad like busy, 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 and thinking like, I will never be a business owner. I will never. And here I am a business owner. It's in my blood, but the thing, which is great about online business is I can do it my way now, maybe set it up to where I can go on vacation and
0: have a life and enjoy things. So that's
1: about how I started. Mm
0: -hmm. So I've had the privilege of watching Laura's journey, like from the beginning, I think you started working with me a few months before you launched your shop in May of 2019. And you were working with multiple coaches prior to... Actually launching your business. So, can you take us kind of back to that beginning? And when you were moving into the idea of starting your own business, where did you kind of of start? Like, why why did you choose Etsy uh, first off? And why? How did you go about just kind of like knowing how to to begin, especially on Etsy?
1: Well. In the beginning I heard I think I heard well I knew about Etsy just from buying things like randomly for my mom for gifts and things like that and then um seeing my uh my friend at the time start her business that really got me thinking and so I would look on Etsy and I didn't know what I wanted to do exactly and what I started out in um I did a lot of research on the flower initials like their initials made out of like flowers that you put arranged and i did one for a gift i think it was my mom or my aunt something like that after i finished it i was like no i'm never doing this again it was awful i'm like this is not fun this is not for me and i'm like well stop what what do you what do you love and i'm i i went back to like what i grew up with and stuff you know all the magazines i would devour and um you know like spend time imagining my own line of clothes and jewelry and then it just hit me and so i started doing research on etsy seeing what was selling mm-hmm. and um it took me a little while because my first collection i didn't really make what was selling and so it didn't do really do well besides i had some hairpins in there and those did well but so i kind of learned I did a lot of research you know um, it's not a quick thing it takes a lot of time I spent so much time just going through and looking at what is selling in the market and what and in the space that I wanted to be in which was trendy jewelry that's high high quality not solid gold but you know higher quality than just plated at a reasonable, reasonable price there's a market for it still you know it, it, everything is oversaturated that's what we hear all the time but if it's still possible to crack in there and and make a full-time
0: living. So let's talk about that quick. Cause not only is Etsy getting a lot of pushback at this point, like there's a lot of coaches out there that are saying like, Hey, especially if you're starting right now on Etsy, like it's not possible to be successful now granted. And we'll learn throughout this whole series, or we did learn throughout this whole series that it was much easier to be successful on Etsy when it started back when Etsy started or, you know, 10 years ago or five years ago, but we're talking about not only did you start two years ago, a little over two years ago, but you started in a very saturated market, which like you said, is another concept that people are just like, I'm not going to start in jewelry because it's just, you know, oversaturated. So talking about your timeline a little bit, I know that you started in May of 2019 and like you said, at the beginning, you it was slow for you. Right. Um, Do you think it took you some time to kind of like hone in on like what your product was, like the more market research you did, like, what do you, and and, and we talked about coaches a little bit too. You were working with coaches before. Um, How do you think that helped your success and where on Etsy did you kind of start to see like a shift in I guess what you would call your own personal success, but like in sales, like when did you start to see things pick up and what do you think kind of attributed to that?
1: Well, when I first started and put my listings up, my first collection up on Etsy, the photos were terrible. I didn't know what I was doing. I shot them all. I I didn't know what I was doing. I just like started, you know, learning from you and your group and the course. And like, but when I first started, the photos weren't, the greatest. And so I think that had a lot to do with getting more sales and um, starting that snowball effect. Mm-hmm. And I think just honing in on what is selling because I, I, I was making things that I thought were, were nice, but I, I didn't really like understand that it's not about me and what I want to make for fun and, and how it makes me feel. It's a business. And I've, I mean, I've made and sold over a thousand of one. item. you know how like monotonous that is, but (laughs) it's, it's still fun for me, but anyway, yes, I do. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And so once I, once I um, went through some courses and I started getting a better grasp on things, I understood that photos were important. That's when I started learning myself. And then I, ended up finding an amazing photographer who now does everything for me, but so you've been an amazing help. I've had a, a couple other um, programs and coaches that along the way that helped as well. But the thing is, is I think what it is, it finding a product that is popular and that people will actually pay money for that are actually, they're already buying. People are mm-hmm. already buying like hotcakes, find a way to make it your own. You know, you don't want to copy anything, make it your own You have to have pricing that is competitive, but you don't want to be too cheap because you'll run into so many problems. You won't make, I mean, you're just, you'll be working for free. So you want to find that right price point too. That always helps. I would say free shipping or low shipping also helps. And then um, just having enough, I would say you can do well. I mean, you are proof. You don't need a, a, a lot of listings to do well on Etsy, but I would say, once you find a few products that are selling, make variations of them that are similar and Mm. get those selling and see what's selling. And constantly test, like I do, I I was doing a lot of AB split testing um, on Etsy where I would just basically copy another listing and change the title and nothing else or change the photo and nothing else and see which one performed better. I would say it's, it's about a few things, doing them right and doing them well. And, um, I think
0: that's the key. The question I have for you is, and you kind of touched on this for a minute there, but you had a business mindset from the beginning, right? Like you said, you went into it, you, when it comes to Etsy, you either got the people who enjoy what they do, right? They love what they make and they want to make it how they want to make it. They want to be unique. They want to set themselves apart. And then you have, you know, the trends finding a product. We talk about this in another episode, and I think it's interesting that you brought it up. There isn't one line for success, right? But if you find something that's in demand that people are searching for, and you find a way to create a ton of value around it, that can boost you, which I think is kind of the direction that you, you went in, right? Of course, you have a passion behind it. You love what you do, but you're looking to make daily sales. You're looking to grow a brand, to grow a business, and you want to be able to have that be scalable and sustainable. Whereas you got the other side of it, that passion, right? So you have a passion for making something you want to add your own unique touch to it, but it's hard to be unique in the sense on, especially on Etsy when you want, I mean, to be found, you have to be selling something that people are searching for. So speaking about Etsy itself, I think there's a lot more success on Etsy when you can find that in-demand product that people are searching for versus if you want to do something unique, you really need to be able to find that following. Like you have to have a very good, you know, audience to do that. So when it comes down to you focusing on the trends, because that's, that's really allowed you to grow quickly, right? Like you figured out what people want, what the masses want. And you're doing that. Plus you add so much value when it comes to your products. You talked about your product photos and especially in your saturated market lifestyle images. Like I'm telling you right now, looking at yours, like they totally help, help sell your product. And as Laura mentioned, she went from taking her own to doing collaborations to now like having a full like brand photographer, which is amazing. And not everybody can start at that point, but that's not where she started either. Like she started from the beginning. She learned it herself so that she could do those collaborations so that she could find the right photographer and all of that. But one of the things that I want to ask you is how do you keep that balance of let's call it profit versus passion. You talked about, you know, making a product a thousand times, like, how do you continue to have passion for what you're doing and enjoy the process when you're starting to make the same thing over and over and over again? I have a lot of creativity. I've always had creativity. And
1: I think I think that's really helped me. Um, but what I've done is basically, like I said, it's just making slight variation. I'll just come up with something like if I see something that's selling, then um, I might just alter it a little bit or like i made like i had some really popular earrings and so i ended up making them into double piercing earrings they that have two and just thinking of little things like that like that are different enough um because you want you want a good um assortment for your customers because when they're shot especially if you want them to be a repeat customer you know if you have like one thing they bought it then what you know you want them to be back, um, which an email list will help you with that. But mm-hmm. um, for a while, it was just like the, the idea of getting sales like drove me and it kept me like it sustained me for a long time. And eventually, um, I did get a little burned out. I think that's normal and natural. Mm-hmm. I think that um, acting like everything's perfect all the time. It's not but getting a little burned out or whatever, but I still had ideas in the back of my head. And I still I look forward to the day like I have this idea in my head. So the next step, I'm, I have uh, workers remotely right now making things and um, helping me virtually. And then I just think about the next stage of business where it's gonna be people in house making and shipping for me. And I'll be able to step back and really work on my business um, in a different way on the higher level tasks. So I when when things get a little monotonous and a little boring, I just think to myself, like, look how far you've come, like, look where you were last year, look where you were six months ago, last, last month, you know, always make sure that you're seeing your progress is, mm-hmm. I think that's important. And then doing something with it. It's just, I don't know.
0: Um, now you're a big, you're a big goal setter, right? Like you set yes. a lot of goals. goals. Goal keeps me going. Yeah. How do you feel? Cause it's amazing. Like I've watched you put a goal out there in one of our groups, right? You put a goal out there and you always hit those goals. Like you are. So how much does that drive you? And as far as success goes and how much do you think that contributes to your success on Etsy?
1: I just think it's not for everyone, but I think it's definitely made a difference. I think that's what's, I think that's why I've been able to hit goals and things like that is because I have that drive in me, but I don't know what to say. Like, if you don't have it in you, you don't have it in you. You know what I mean? Like you don't have the drive or the passion, then I don't think you could want something enough. But if you don't have that, that actual, like that drive, that thing that no matter what it's like in you, like, I I need this, like, Mm -hmm. then I, I it's not for everyone, but I think it's important to not also overwork yourself and realize that goals aren't always made to be hit. Sometimes we make too much of a goal, like too big of a goal. So I think it's important to really sit down and and write and think about goals that are actually attainable and within a time period too, not just, I want this goal to happen. I want this specific thing to happen um, by this specific time. It is really
0: helpful for me. Now, when you started your Etsy shop, did you kind of already have in mind, like, when we talk about goal setting, a lot of times goal setting also comes down to um, just kind of mapping out, like not necessarily like number type goals, but just evaluating like where you want the direction of something going. Because if you can't see where you want something to go, or you don't know where you want something to go, then what are you working towards? Right? Like we've talked about this before. Um, That's a part of goal setting that's just Great, because if you can visualize the future, visualize where you want to go, what direction you want to go, then you can kind of work backwards and figure out how you're going to get there, which I think is what you do a lot. But when you actually started your Etsy shop, did you have a vision for where you wanted to take it? Like, did you know that you wanted to turn this into a full-time business? You wanted to be making daily sales. You wanted to continue to grow, um, expand, you know, to your own website, to Amazon, to selling wholesale. Like, did you have all that in mind when you first started? Yes. Yeah.
1: And I think I've mentioned this to you before, but I've set a goal before and not hit it. And it was embarrassingly bad. Like I, when I first launched, I, put on social media, the first 15 sales get a free accessory with their order. I didn't get 15 sales. I didn't even get five, Not like maybe two, you know, so I should have reeled it in a little bit. So it's important to set goals that you, that, you know, you can achieve, but it's also cause like for me, I'll, this is what I'll do. I'll set a goal that's really realistic, but not super easy, but realistic that I feel like if things go well, I could do this. And then I'll set a stretch goal, which is a lot less attainable. And sometimes I hit it. And sometimes I don't, it's just a matter of tweaking things and being able to pivot. I think you have to have passion and the drive, of course, Mm
0: -hmm. but you
1: have, it's just, it's about pivoting. And it's about stepping back for a second and, and tweaking things and, and just, but keep going. You know what I mean? You don't stop. You just, most people that I see, I see like so many amazing businesses and that maybe aren't getting sales.
0: And it's like, I feel like they're just like one step away from exploding. I was talking about this with my husband the other day and I was just like, oh my God, like this content, the service base is so much harder than product based in the sense of my product. I have a product, right? versus like being able to create a product and throw it up on Etsy, which removes so many barriers. Like when you're talking marketing, you're talking all so many things. Etsy removes those barriers for you. And I think that's one of the the big differences, but just, if you just keep tweaking and keep going and keep getting, going over this hump or that hump, like you're eventually going to get there, but sometimes in the middle of it, it's exhausting. Like, I'll be honest right now in this moment, I'm at a point where I'm just like questioning everything. Like, is, is it worth moving forward? Like, is it worth changing things yet again to try to just get one step closer Talk about that a little bit, because in the beginning with Etsy, you said things were slow and things were hard. And I like that you mentioned the goal, because I think too, over time, like you learn what becomes a realistic goal and what doesn't, the more you learn about business, the more you understand like, okay, well, maybe I can't get those 15 sales because I don't have enough people actually following me. Let's realistically talk about your success on Etsy. So within, it was under two years that you became a top 1% seller. How active were you on Etsy? Were you working on Etsy every single day? Were you making changes every single day? Like, but how hard was it? How hard, what did you do on a daily basis? Like, what did your daily day look like on Etsy?
1: Well, first I want to say I'm highly competitive. Like that's in my nature. I played um, basketball since I was eight, uh, all the way through high school, year round traveling leagues. That was like my life. And I was too competitive. It wasn't good. (laughs) when I say I'm competitive, I mean, in business, I, when I was first starting out, I would be in a lot of other um, Facebook groups for business and stuff, Etsy groups, things like that. And I would see other people sharing things like, oh, I am the top 1% or, oh, I I just hit a hundred thousand sales or I hit a hundred sales or a thousand sales or whatever. I would see it. And it was just in me to be like, well, I want that too. I want for that. I want that. me too. And it just made me work harder because I saw people that was happening to. So I knew it could happen. Once I saw and knew it could happen, like it's real, Mm -hmm. (laughs) this whole 1%, you know, thing is real. I went all in and, and, and that's, that's the thing, but I'm competitive by nature, but now I was competitive with, um, I would say other people would drive me, but now I'm more competitive with myself. Like I try and beat my last goal and things like that. I'm competitive within my own business, if that makes sense. I, because I don't think it's super healthy to, you know, always be looking externally at other people's businesses and things like that. It started out when I wasn't getting sales. If I wasn't getting sales, I was posting on social media. Like that's Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, every single, well, at least five days a week. I was pretty consistent back then. Back then, it's been a while. So I was I would do that. I would be in my um, Etsy shop, you know, on the back end, and I would be tweaking things. And you don't want to be tweaking your SEO all the time. That'll really um, bring your shop down. But if you do like a list, say if you have like 100 listings, if you do like a listing a day that you tweak, like it'll be it should or a week or something, it should be okay. But don't do it all at once. But I would be in there, and I would always be updating things, like improving things. So it the copy the writing you know the description things like that i would make that better i would make sure the photos were better i mean that was a huge turning point was when i was able to take my own product photos i felt like i could do anything if i could learn how to take my own product photos and have them actually be good enough to get sales i mean i'm not the greatest photographer so that you know says a
0: lot about it's just that added bonus when you're in a saturated market if you can if your photos can be better than your competition then it's just going to set you apart even, even more.
1: If you can, I would suggest getting lifestyle photos, modeled shots. That is makes a big difference because when you just have product photos, like just the standard uh, shots of the product on like a white background or something, you don't get to see it worn. The customer wants to envision Mm -hmm. it on them. And, and that goes for clothes, jewelry. I mean, anything that can be modeled or held I would, I would get shot uh, photos done if you can. And find, there's Facebook groups for um, collaborating with other um, professional photographers. There's a lot of brand owners in and there and there's photographers who will take photos for you in exchange
0: for, um, what is the exchange for? a yeah. right. like oh, product yeah right you yeah yeah if you go into one of those collaboration groups which they're they're great i can link them um in the show notes here you will typically trade product and the value of your product will allow you to get a certain number of images based on so like you know say your product. Is they have to make it fair because if a product only costs $10, well, you may only be getting one image, but if your product costs you know, $100, then you may be getting 10 images. It depends on the group. Each group has their own rules, but typically collaborations are a trade of product and photos. Lifestyle images, whether you learn to take your own studio shots or take your own like uh, scale shots or detailed shots or whatever, lifestyle images are hard for people because you don't necessarily have the models available. So collaborations are a great, great way of doing that or hooking up with a local photographer. You got really lucky with that, that your person was, was local and it was easy to get product to and from. When we look back at like your stats and everything, you had a huge jump in, um, sales when you started incorporating those lifestyle images and working with Bailey. It changed everything. Yeah, definitely. I would say
1: Photos are probably the most important thing because if you don't have great, amazing photos, it's just going to be super hard to sell your products because you want to make it easy. Great photos make it easy. Um, Make sure everything's listed. You know, using those, if you can't use all the 10 spaces up with photos in Etsy, make graphics of important things that are in your description that you, because most customers don't read anymore because it's hidden. Etsy kind of hides it, especially on the app. You have Mm -hmm. to, you know, press a button to have the description pop down. Um, So that's a little tip I would say, but um, photos, I, 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 I think it's number one. I think it's number
0: one, most important. There's a lot of stuff that goes into it, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I even think you you had a spike when you were doing, um, when you started doing a lot of like Instagram stories and, uh, you know, being present on social more. Um, you had a spike in sales with that. It's interesting to watch kind of like your journey, which I don't always see like the back end of it, but just like having you, you know, share what you're working on and then, you know, seeing results from it. And I just think that there's so much that goes into, to all of it. There's not, I don't think you can pick one thing. I mean, I always say that find a product that's in demand that people are searching for, figure out a way to add a ton of value with it. And then you have to get found, right? So you're working on your SEO, especially on Etsy. (laughs) Like you've got to be found in search. But a big part of being found in search is providing that customer experience, that positive experience, because so, which in part is having amazing photos, having descriptions, having providing them with so much information that you can turn around and they feel confident in purchasing from you. And then again, that sale gets a boost. And then when they leave you that positive review, that gets a boost. So really, let's talk about customer service a little bit because you communicate with your customers, right? You don't just allow Etsy to only send their little emails. You actually communicate at sale at ship and at arrival and you ask for reviews. So how do you feel like that has affected um, your positive experience, which in result affects, you know, return customers or positive reviews?
1: Uh, When I was first starting, I would say the first year, maybe a little less, I was, definitely doing that to where I was sending what you had mentioned, those messages. Now I have it set up through Aweber where an email is sent after a purchase on Etsy that tells them about the processing time, thanks them for the order, and then at the end offers them something if they want to join my email list. I thank them after a review as well. Um, You just want, especially because reviews impact your shop and how well you're going to do. So you really want to thank customers for, for leaving a review, you know, but I would say the conversation, I think it's important because you want, or it's Etsy. It's not Amazon where it's just quick, fast, and oftentimes cheap. Well, Mm that's what people want. Etsy is more curated. They want handmade. They want an experience Mm -hmm. and they're, they want that. So I would definitely say communicate as, you know, you don't want to be overbearing and, and um, annoying. There's a fine line, but I would um, definitely say to thank them for their order somehow, whether that's through Etsy messages when you're first starting out or through something automated later on. But that definitely is going to help with future sales. They're going to come back. I get so many messages like, I'm blown away, blah, 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 blah. And reviews about they're blown away by my customer service. And I'm just like, so thankful and grateful. I feel like I have the best customers, but I I think a lot of it is making sure all points are covered and that I'm not left hanging in any situation. Like all the major points are talked about and covered in a message or an email. Yeah. I think that's definitely going to help because you're on Etsy. They want an experience.
0: Yeah. They want a personalized experience. They're there to shop handmade. They know that, you know, it's makers. It's there. A lot of shops from their own, you know, are making out of their own houses. They want that. So it just adds to that personalized experience. And you were talking about making sure that you're communicating with them. And when you can communicate, it can build trust. And it can build just this loyalty and they want to come back and they want to write that review and they want to continue to support your small business. That's that's really great. In one of the previous episodes, we talk about there the fact that there is four, 4.3 million sellers on Etsy as of the as of the 2020 stats. But in the research that I've recently done, and I don't know if you've been following along with this or not, but 78% of sellers on Etsy do not make more than a hundred sales. So 78% of sellers sellers have under a hundred sales for the lifetime of their shop. Why do you think that is?
1: Um, I think if you're not all in, if it's just somebody said that looks, that's cute. You should make that, or you should sell that a lot of pandemic, you know, people lost their Mm -hmm. job. There's a lot of things. And now maybe people are going back to work because it didn't, they didn't, know how to run an Etsy shop you know they didn't they weren't educated and so they unfortunately didn't succeed there's a lot of things it's this idea it's kind of like a fantasy like when it when it when you get this idea in your head of having your own product-based business handmade business it's like you think it's going to be this like just you have this idea and then when you go to do it it's not going to be the same And I think that could make it to where you'll see people um, drop off with their shops over time.
0: Yeah. And I think it's hard because I think so many coaches use that example as a negative reason to not be present on Etsy, but Etsy removes so many barriers that it can allow just say, I'm going to say the average person to start a business and to start selling stuff online with no business knowledge whatsoever. So I think there's a lot of things to Consider and yes, that number that percentage is very high, but I honestly see it as a bonus because I fall into that category. My shop's been on vacation mode for three years, so I'm in those stats. You know what I mean? I'm in the seller stats, but I'm not actively selling. And how many shops are doing that? Um, But as a person who has a drive and a motivation and a vision to build this business and make daily sales. I almost find the stats to be in our favor. You know what I mean? Because the pool just got smaller for those that are really competing to get to the top. I mean, in all seriousness, it did. So I think personally, that's something that should motivate people instead of deterring them from joining Etsy, especially if they have that vision to start on Etsy, really hone in on the product that they're selling and test it with the market because Etsy's just bringing you customers, right? And then expand. Let's go ahead and wrap it up. And if you could just give one piece of advice that you have for sellers, new or sellers that are, have been on Etsy for a while and are struggling, that would really help them thrive on Etsy. What would that one piece of advice be? I think you have to go into it knowing that you may never
1: reach the goals that you want to reach but if you have that see with me okay I have a lot of things that motivate me but the number one thing that motivates me to be perfectly raw right now is so my dad had an accident and he has no um, memory anymore so my whole thing is I want to have such an amazing business that he would be proud of um, if he could understand it and see it. So I say that without getting choked up, but I say that find what will motivate you. Your and why? Yes. Find your why. Because when I've been down and out and like nothing is working, what got me through was I am going to prove everybody wrong and I'm going to I'm gonna make him proud. And it sounds so cheesy, but just find find your why. Exactly. What you said, find your why, find your purpose behind why you do what you do and make it strong. And you'll have a much higher chance of success, I would say. And make sure you have great product photos. So get <laughs> in touch with Christina. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's a great piece of advice. When you have something to fight for, when you have something, a purpose behind what you're doing, it does. It just pushes you. It pushes you in the hard times. It pushes you in the moments where you're looking at it and saying, why am I doing this again? Right. Why, why, (laughs) why am I doing it? (laughs) That's awesome. Thank you so much, Laura, for joining me today to talk about your success on Etsy and your success in general. I always have so much fun talking to you and I just love watching your, your journey and being a part of it. Thanks for having me. I appreciate
1: that you even want me on anything, talking about anything. It means so much to me and um, just your friendship and everything I've learned along the way from you. I am just so grateful. So thank
0: you. Are you dreaming of making daily sales? Learn three steps that will help you attract more customers and make more sales for your handmade business at attractmoresellmore.com. That's attractmoresellmore.com.